Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 4th. Here are impeachment inquiry updates from today's show. Defenders of the president have taken to describing this impeachment inquiry as a circus. But after the partisan theatrics expected during today's first hearing in the House Judiciary Committee, they might need a stronger word. Some of Capitol Hill's most aggressive and colorful characters in both parties will now have a platform. They're eager to inject new friction and hostility into the second phase of the inquiry. There could be disruptions from Matt Gates, the Republican from Florida, a Fox News favorite who led a revolt against impeachment in mid-October by storming the secure room where depositions were taking place. There could be conspiracy theories from Louis Gohmert, the Republican from Texas who nearly named the intelligence community whistleblower during a recent speech on the House floor. And there could be antics from Democratic Congressman Steve Cohen of Tennessee, who brought a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken into a May hearing to highlight the absence of Attorney General Bill Barr, who was scheduled to testify but didn't appear. Add to these another 38 lawmakers, many either Trump loyalists or strongly, outspokenly pro-impeachment, and you have a potentially explosive mix of personalities. Andy Biggs, a Republican from Arizona who's on the panel, told Fox News that it's going to get hot under the collar because, as he put it, the committee has a bunch of brawlers on it. More than two months into this impeachment inquiry, public opinion remains divided. Fresh polling shows that few voters were swayed in either direction by last month's televised hearings. Now, with the Christmas holiday fast approaching and a possible floor vote looming, Democrats face renewed pressure to make their case while avoiding delays or partisan provocations that could alienate more moderate members of the party. The Judiciary Committee, by its nature, makes that task more difficult. Though it has the constitutional responsibility for impeachment, the panel hasn't had the clout of other committees in recent years. It tends to attract instigators who desire a platform for advocacy on hot-button issues like abortion and immigration. Lawmakers and aides from both parties predict a dramatic shift in tone from the earlier set of hearings run by the more sober Intelligence Committee, whose members are handpicked by Nancy Pelosi. This is in part because the panels play different roles. The Intelligence Committee was focused on fact-finding. The Judiciary Committee needs to make the determination of whether Trump's actions constituted high crimes and misdemeanors. Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff is known for keeping his members on a tight leash, while Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler lets his members do what they want and operate freely. Nadler's Republican counterpart is Doug Collins from Georgia, a fast-talking veteran who's come up with some inventive talking points to defend Trump and has generally been much more effective than Devin Nunes, his Republican counterpart on the Intelligence Committee. My colleagues Elise Vibeck, Mike DeBonis, and Rachel Bade, who cover the House, say that Republicans believe these differences will offer them a chance to derail the hearings over the next few weeks. They've planned several procedural roadblocks starting today to throw off Nadler and his members. And Republicans have found success with this approach before. The reason Schiff took point over the last few months is because Trump's allies successfully disrupted a September hearing with former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski to such a degree that Pelosi felt she had no choice but to sideline Nadler. Now, this is squarely in Nadler's jurisdiction, and Pelosi doesn't have a choice. In other impeachment inquiry news, 
subpoenaed phone records included in a 300 page report from the House Intelligence Committee that was released last night show extensive contact between Rudy Giuliani and the White House during key moments in the Ukraine saga. The call logs provide powerful circumstantial evidence that Giuliani was coordinating closely with the White House on his Ukraine gambit, something Giuliani has previously acknowledged. The phone records include calls with a number designated only as minus one, often close in time to calls between Giuliani and the White House switchboard. The clear implication of this is that minus one might be a private cell phone number belonging to Trump. The records also show several calls and text messages in early August between Giuliani and phone numbers associated with the White House and the Office of Management and Budget, which was freezing the Ukraine aid. At that time, U.S. diplomats were trying to arrange an Oval Office meeting between Trump and his counterpart, Volodymyr Zelensky. Giuliani's calls and texts include a 13-minute call on August 8th with an OMB official and minus one. The records also show contact between Giuliani's indicted associate, Lev Parnas, and one of Trump's key defenders in Congress, Nunes, on the Intelligence Committee. Nunes, appearing last night on Fox News, told Sean Hannity that it's possible he spoke with Parnas, although he claims he doesn't recall doing so. Schiff says they're continuing to investigate this and other leads. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.